Welcome to the People and Culture Podcast. I'm Carmen Scheidel. And I'm Bucky Keaty, Head of People and Culture for Editorialist YX. And Carmen, what are we doing here? We are exploring workplace issues that matter to you, to me, and everyone who's listening. I love it, and I'm excited to do this series with you because we're going to cover some really interesting issues over the series, like giving real-time feedback, managing a global workforce, collaboration across teams, and many, many more. Nice, Bucky. We're excited. What is real-time feedback, Bucky? How is it different from other forms of feedback that you would get at work? You know, Carmen, it's so interesting. Today, we have moved so far away from that full 360 attitude or quarterly feedback or once a year feedback, which is so, number one, cumbersome. I'm still a fan of 360 if used properly, but it's so cumbersome. And that real-time feedback is in-the-moment learnings, and it's so much more effective No employee should ever wonder how they're doing because they are so collaborative with their teams or with their bosses that they're constantly through that day in and day out engagement getting real time feedback. You said that you do love 360 feedback. Can you tell us what that is for anyone who doesn't know or hasn't had a 360? I I do love it, provided the, the survey questions and the peer set and the people chosen are really very, very well thought out. 360 is really how it sounds. It's to get a sense of how you're doing as a leader or as a manager or as a worker in a work environment from your boss, from your peers, and maybe somebody, some people reporting into you as well, sometimes cross-departmental. And they literally fill out a survey with questions that are attached to your work and projects, et cetera. You re- they fill those things out. You receive the feedback and you go through it with an advisor or a moderator who will, in fact, share it with you and talk through with you and coach you around that 360 feedback. It can be so effective, but as you can hear, it is incredibly time-consuming, and usually people only have it done once a year, if at all. So real-time feedback is essentially a a daily version of that, where hopefully you're providing feedback, receiving feedback, and getting more comfortable with communication overall. Absolutely. And real-time feedback does come from all different levels, to your point. It, It really is setting the stage for it, though. And that's where the challenge today in 2021 going into 2022 is how do we create that work environment where real-time feedback is a very comfortable thing? Yeah. How do we set the stage for real-time feedback? Great question, as always, Carmen. Uh, Setting the stage is really... It's interesting. There are two levels of it I want to try to cover here. Level number one is when you've created the team yourself and you have grown into the manager. Well, you are the manager. You've hired your people. You create relationships with them and you create a a cadence in your communication style together. So to be able to work on projects together and in the moment riff and talk about what's working and what's not working 
both from the employee to the manager and the manager to the employer to the team, that's real-time feedback because you've got something very concrete to work on. Let's say, though, position number two is you've inherited a team. Again, by developing relationships, meeting with your team individually, meeting with your team as a group, and being open and transparent about your learnings through your career creates a comfort level for real-time feedback so that when you do then launch into those projects or when you do see things that aren't working and an employee needs feedback or a peer needs feedback, you're, you've set a comfortable relationship to be able to do that. Bucky, as you know, my my background is in um, education, training, that type of thing. One one thing I always wonder is, uh, all companies still offer communication training. People learn it in high school. They learn it in college. Why is there such a need for people to learn better communication skills? How come people don't know how to do it? Well, you know what? Let me pause and think for a second because... We all have very individual personalities, and we all have very different ways of communicating. Some, For some of us, it's pretty easy to do. And you and I have worked together for years, and we have a pretty good communication style together. But that took years for us to develop it. Actually, with us, it took a couple of months, but... Um, <laughs> Everybody is different. Some people are natural communicators. Some people are shyer than other people. They're with a little withdrawn. Some people don't enjoy that kind of engagement. And it's interesting. Oftentimes they choose careers that play to that element of their personality. Some people choose careers where they're very much behind their computer and their coding and there isn't a lot of engagement. Other people choose careers like in people in culture or in style or design or um, even finance where they do have to engage a great deal with other people and manage other people. So we play to our strengths and then we have to be taught how to communicate. That makes sense. And we we see that a lot with managers and their teams because a manager is interacting with all all of those different personality types among their team. How do we teach managers to to give real-time feedback and and to, um, to just increase those skills and that capacity? Well, when I coach managers, first of all, I really do encourage their spending the time. It doesn't have to be an hour, um, but you know, really having meetings with individuals on your team, very spontaneous ones. I think the spontaneous meetings are sometimes the better meetings. Now we're all working in unique ways right now. So oftentimes we're working from home or, or through a Zoom call or a telephone call, or occasionally we're getting together. So to create that cadence, that that communication style is taking a little more, being agile a little bit more on how to do it. So to answer your question, by hopping on a telephone call, how are you? What's going on? What are your challenges? Doing that on a regular basis, you get so much more done than making it actually a formal meeting, going through things. Now, sometimes you do have to do goal setting and planning sessions and priority settings and all of that. 
But as much as you can do that spontaneous talking, the more you can do in the moment feedback, aka real-time feedback. This this does come up a lot where people are navigating uh, Zoom meetings in groups one-on-one, and there's an intensity to that. So how does someone break through that barrier? Uh, you, you mentioned picking up the phone, but how do you, how do we, how do we navigate meetings with bosses or teams um, to create that that intimacy or empathy that is so crucial to real communication? Well, first of all, it's not flicking a switch. So what I'm trying to say is, you do have to work at creating those relationships, and um, everybody knows you're not going to love everybody you work with for or even report into you. You're just not going to, that's the personality thing. You just have to work well together. So how do you create that relationship? It's by listening very carefully and listening to how they communicate and how they receive information. Um, Everybody thinks a good communicator is a good talker. A good communicator is a good listener. And to be able to give feedback that's going to be received requires sometimes taking a beat and thinking about the person you're talking to or with and then tailoring. Uh, Carmen, I just noticed as we're doing this together, I'm finding that we're not getting to the problem. And I know you're a very creative person. So Let's just take a minute and talk and relax for a second and riff on this project rather than keep hitting our bullet points. Let's let's sit back and let's think about this. That's real-time feedback about working on a project in a situation. It's breaking the barrier of who knows what, of office culture and, and really trying to make a human-to-human connection. Correct. In another, let me use another example. Let's say you're literally in, you're on a computer, you're sharing your screen, it's a financial spreadsheet, there's a lot of revenue attached to it, and you as the leader noticed the uh, accounting person who's working on your team has made a couple of big blunders. Right away, Robin, I noticed, listen, look at line 30 through line 40, we've got a problem here. We've got a challenge here. Let's try to figure this one out. Why wait for a quarterly feedback to say, oh, you really, really screwed up on your spreadsheets? It's right there that you can talk it through and get to the solution. Of course, in finance, you can't afford to let time go by. Um, Sure. Well, maybe that wasn't the best example, but it's an example of working on a project where you say, hey, we got to take a beat sec. I'm noticing it's not adding up. You're not reconciling here. We've got to solve for it now. And the benefit to real-time feedback in that sense is it gives the person an opportunity to um, make any corrections, adjust their own work behavior, and and really improve their performance. Completely. And it also, too, a good manager is someone who is really thinking about how can I help this employee become better at what they're doing? How can I help them hit their goals? But how can I help them with their day in and day out work responsibilities so they become so much more fluid and fluent in what they're doing? Bucky, switching gears, how do you think 
feedback helps to shape a company's culture overall? Feedback is a gift. I know that sounds corny. And over my career, I remember several years ago when I had my first 360, somebody said to me, I'm about to give you a gift. And of course, in Bucky fashion, I rolled my eyeballs. Oh, what do you mean? Well, I'm about to give you some real feedback. But feedback is a gift. And if you are an open and kind person, which is very much a part of the editorialist culture, if you are approaching this from, I am doing this for you, so together we can make you understand, it will be far more productive for you, and in the go forward, we won't have the same mistakes happen again. Do you remember what that feedback to you was that did change your perspective? Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> Can you share? I, I will. I'm more than happy to share. And actually sharing your mistakes with your team in the moment also creates an open and transparent and comfortable communication. So I'm going to share. Um, I was very... Um, industrious about moving ahead in my career. And I was talking to my senior most boss, who was the chief human resource officer and an EVP, so sat on the board as well, too. And I said to her at the time, you know, why is it taking me so long to be made a VP? I've been, I'm working so hard and I know I've been in this job a long time. And she stepped back and she said, Bucky, when you start doing a VP job and acting like a VP and not whining, you will become a VP. Wow. Whining. <laughs> That's pretty direct, right? That's direct. That's, That's direct. direct. But let me tell you something. For a second, I was like gobsmacked. And then I allowed myself to leave her office. That's when we worked face-to-face. -face. Um, leave her office and really digest it. And you know what? She was 150% correct. And it made me pull myself up and think about, all right, what kind of goals am I setting for myself? But really, what goals am I setting for the company? It's not about Bucky Keaty. It's really about how we can be the best people in culture. In those days, it's called HR department. How can I be the best head of talent I can possibly be? And what am I going to do to accomplish it? And it was awesome feedback. When I have worked to support people in their careers, one of the common issues that comes up um, among individual contributors is that sometimes a manager is not a great communicator. Ideally, feedback goes two ways, back and forth between the contributor and the manager. How can an individual contributor help facilitate a more positive feedback loop with their manager when things are difficult? So you're talking about an independent contractor? No, sorry, like an individual contributor um, among a team, an employee. Yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, it's to, it, let's use an example in this day and age and how we're communicating, whether it's through Slack or you want to DM somebody, but saying, I need a few minutes of your time because I've been noticing something that's troubling me and I'd like to talk it through with you. And then you, you, you know, the most people say, Hey, let's jump on a call or, Oh, I'm slammed today. Can we talk tomorrow? Great. Everybody gets a chance to collect their thoughts. And the employee says, 
I've noticed that this is happening. Um, I'm not getting the kind of feedback from you that I would like, or I've noticed I don't feel like you're taking all my ideas in the meetings and you're much more responsive to others' ideas. Could you tell me what I'm doing wrong here or why I'm not hitting the mark? And being as direct as possible. A lot comes from, and you know this, Carmen, comes from your tone of voice. It's sort of slow down, think about what you're going to say, and if you're feeling emotional, don't approach the conversation. So when it's coming from a moment of emotion, then it's not going to be a productive feedback conversation, no matter who it's with. You're better, I I joke about step back, don't react. I think you've probably heard that. Step back, don't react, and go think about it, and then have the meeting. But don't let too much time go by. Just collect yourself. And it doesn't have to be that day. It can be the next day. It's sort of like when you start to type an angry email and you're about to send and then you stop yourself and say, you know what? It's never a a good idea to send an angry email. Never. Feedback should not be given through Slack, through uh, texting, um, an angry email. As much as you can do where you are talking together. That's why I happen to like the telephone a little bit more when it's sometimes a challenging conversation because a Zoom call, you're so focused on how the other person is looking at you and reacting to you that maybe you're not going to be quite as transparent as you would have been over a telephone call. And maybe that's a bit of a cop-out, but I'm finding people are more comfortable giving feedback sometimes that way. Overall, when people are trying to build out their skills um, in giving real-time feedback or just improving their communication skills, do you have any resources that you recommend for people to learn more? I love, love the pod- I love podcasts. I do podcasts, I listen to podcasts, and I learn so much. Um, there are a few people who really get into it. Um, Brene Brown, I think, is terrific. I think Adam Grant is terrific. There are books out there. Um, No Rules Rules is amazing. And if you can, uh, Netflix has a very interesting, transparent, open culture. And recently, their podcast, the Netflix podcast, has gone into how to give real-time feedback. I think that's an excellent podcast. So, just search those um, sources and there's something always on the in LinkedIn about it. Thinking about the nuts and bolts of real-time feedback, what about sticky situations that come up, disappointments, goals that are missed, or projects that have, have troubling turns? How can real-time feedback help someone navigate the hard stuff? Well, you know what, Carmen... It doesn't actually align with real-time feedback. Sometimes when it's missed goals, there hasn't been enough real-time feedback leading up to missed goals. Um, If you get so far that you have missed goals, then you haven't had that kind of relationship um, in the workplace that you should have where you never wonder why you missed that goal because you've had conversations leading up to it. You know, I said very early on in the podcast, um, no one should ever wonder how they're doing at work 
And that doesn't mean this happens every single day, um, real-time feedback, but um, no one should ever wonder and get to the point where they're having their annual performance review and they're genuinely surprised by the feedback they're getting. Then, then someone hasn't been doing their job. And it, it, we, we all own relationships. We all own how well we do at work and we all own how well we manage. So if you haven't hit a goal, something happened because you hadn't been talking enough through the project or through whatever you, whatever sales goal you were trying to reach. That's from not being on top of your meetings, not giving immediate information. Good salespeople usually gather after they've gone on a sales call and debrief what went well, what didn't go well. And I love that energy when they do that debrief. It is real time and they learn for the next sales call not to repeat the problem again. It's like the way that we learn, we practice, we try, we make mistakes, we do it again, we repeat, we, we uh, I guess I forgot, optimize, but we, we go through that process over and over and, and we get better over time at all things when we analyze, optimize, um, and try again. Yes. Meeting debriefs, even if they're two second long, th- two minutes long, are awesome. Project debriefs, longer, of course awesome. You know, sales debriefs, awesome. It's just a question. And, and, and the fact is now we have data and analytics to also show us whether or not a project worked, whether we have consumer engagement, whether we had clicked to buy. And having those meetings and being very frank about what's working, what's not working can be bundled in real-time feedback. It's just stretched a little farther because you have a longer period of time to hit those numbers. Bucky, you are such a pro at giving feedback, guiding careers. Thank you so much for your insights on real-time feedback. Well, Carmen, thank you for really thought-provoking questions. And you know, I love chatting with you. And the more we talk about this kind of stuff, I think the better it is for all of us. And I hope we can share these learnings through, you know, certainly throughout the editorialist team. Thank you so much, Bucky. Bye, Carmen. Bye-bye. This podcast is a partnership between Editorialist YX and Edmaker. It's the beginning of a series, and we're very excited to have you.